This is a HeadGum Podcast. Not all drugs are created equal. Psilocybin, for example, when taken thoughtfully at subhallucinogenic levels, can sharpen your focus, hone your mental clarity, unleash your creativity, expand your mind, open your heart, and ease your anxiety. While you shouldn't experiment with those shrooms you got from your brother's sketchy friend, Schedule 35 takes a science-backed approach to microdosing shrooms. We precisely measure out every dose, we being them, Tim. You know, yeah, I, I don't want company. people to think, don't trust us to do that. Yeah, we're not experts in it, but these guys, they know what they're doing. They measure out every dose. They verify the age of every one of their customers, and they ship discreetly. And better yet, they'll give you a microdosing regimen that allows you to enjoy the benefits of psilocybin without any of the hallucinogenic effects. Uh, Tim, this is like a big thing nowadays, microdosing psilocybin. I've heard about it. People are interested in it. Uh, there was that uh, How to Change Your Mind, the book and the Netflix series and stuff. And uh, there, there are lots of people that are interested in this, you know, that they don't necessarily want to have a full out trip. They don't want the hallucinogenic effects, but they want that, you know, that that very subtle, the microdosing effect. I think it's like a tenth of a regular dose somewhere mm. around there. Um, an emerging movement around psilocybin is proven to help with mental health, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Uh, listen to this. You can get 15% off with code guide at schedule35.co. That's 15% off at schedule35.co and use offer code guide. Their goal is to destigmatize and re-educate on the science and real-world benefits of psilocybin, as well as making it accessible to everyone. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts. And Cowabunga, my name is Tim. <laughs> oh, giant out some new catchphrases for the new year. Yeah, huh? for the new year. Big and cat. Cowabunga. And Cowabunga, I'm Tim. Wow, all right. Yeah. It's a playful, it's something that uh, the kids are saying these yeah. days. I like Gen, a lot of Gen Z, like myself, this is what we're saying yeah. in the hallways of our junior highs. <laughs> right. Is Gen Z even in junior high anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, there's Alpha now. Yeah, Generation Alpha. Yeah, that's what I am. <laughs> oh, that's I figured it out. I finally did the math. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, turns out Generation Alpha. Yeah. Uh, you took a DNA test. Turns yeah. out you're 100% Generation Alpha. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and that's why I, uh, you know, I'm so good at skateboarding. This is what we do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the first, uh, famously, the first generation of skateboarders. Yeah, we say cowabunga a lot. Mm-hmm. We well, do you this say cowabunga, hand, you we said say and cowabunga. No, 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 you say, because uh, uh, normally my old intro was, and I'm Tim. Right, but so now it's, it's and cowabunga. And cowabunga, I'm Tim. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, uh, Tim, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the spike in downloads from uh, Generation Alpha next week. Oh, man. Once, once word gets out. There's there's a guy that does a podcast and says cowabunga. You're not going to believe it. Yeah. I thought podcasts were for uh, dumb old fucks, but it turns out they're for cool kids like us, too. Tom, in all seriousness, mm-hmm. back when we were in 
uh, you know, junior high or yeah. a little, a little younger. Mm-hmm. They put Cowabunga on a T-shirt, and everybody lost their goddamn <laughs> minds. Well, if it was, if it was, like pastors were like, "We must burn <laughs> these Bart Simpson T-shirts." Well, it's if it, if it was in the Simpsons font or a Ninja Turtle font, then it was cool. See, I thought that was BS, man. That that both the Ninja Turtles and Bart Simpson said Cowabunga. Yeah, because they yeah. were different types of cool. They were both very cool. Of course, yeah, but. But one uh, fought crime and one was just a little stinker. A little stinker. Yeah. You know, as an adult, mm-hmm. I'm taking off the mask. I'm not really generation now. It's just <laughs> oh, plain old Gen pool. Z Tim over here. Um, they, uh, <laughs> no, just plain old Gen Z Tim. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. As I'm getting older, I don't like little stinkers in my media. Tim, have you been sending letters to the TV stations again? <laughs> yeah, the, I've sending letters to the newspaper about Dennis the Menace. <laughs> right, he is an actual menace. We what say if he's my, a bad influence? What if my kids saw this and decided to start harassing the old man who lives next door? And Mr. Wilson, Tom, you yeah. know what? Canonically, mm-hmm. your age. Oh, really? Probably. Yeah, I was going to guess probably younger. <laughs> yeah, like 40-year-olds. Yeah. When, did, <laughs> when did Dennis the Menace start? The, the Mr. 40s? Mr. Wilson was 35 and had fought in two world wars. <laughs> they had to deal with this little shit. Yeah, and uh, you could you could see it on his face. Yeah, he had shell shock and PTSD. <laughs> Man. They made the the TV show in the in the fifties, yeah, off, uh, based on uh, mm-hmm. the comic strip. <laughs> and the, the guy that originally played Mister Wilson got so mad that he died. Tim, is that true? I think the original Mister Wilson like died during production. Yeah, <laughs> but nothing because he got so mad. I think so. I think no, uh, I think was... Dennis the Menace wound him up so much that he was like Dennis, and then pop, just, just keeled over right yeah. on set. <sighs> you're always trying to tell me you're trying you're trying to tell me that uh, the the horse that played Mister Ed. Uh, really did like to uh, wear all those clothes that they would always put them in. Yeah, no, they they didn't. They didn't. Well, what are you gonna do? You're gonna uh, write a show about a talking horse and then find a talking horse that wears clothes? No, Tom. He didn't always wear clothes. It they was just found sometimes. this horse and they were like, "This is incredible. We got to get this guy on television." This guy. <laughs> they said that about a horse. Yeah, well, if, he's, if he's a talking horse that wears clothes sometimes, you just call him a guy at that point. Mr. Ed, what a good show. Do you know that to be a fact? Have you watched an episode of Mr. Ed since? I'm going to watch an episode of Mr. Ed tonight. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's going to hold up. I bet it's going to be even better than I remember. Yeah, but are you going to watch the whole thing? Uh yeah, that it's probably. I feel like you'll be like you watch five minutes and be like, ah, yep, see, this is goofy. All right, but now to get on with my life. Do you think like uh, because if you wanted to watch something like uh, like Star Trek: The Next Generation, you could like Google, hey, where are the best episodes, and uh, you'll find articles. Because I've done this, I've never actually watched it, but I've I've been like, maybe I should be a Star Trek guy. Mm-hmm. And you look up and it's like, oh, here's our here are the great like standalone episodes. You don't need to know anything. It's just a great uh, hour see, of I don't TV. Do that. Um, but I you wonder. Won't get the full effect. I wonder if there are 
uh, guides like that about Mr. Ed online. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, you don't need to know the lore. Oh, you know what? If Mr. But I want to know the lore. Yeah, I know. If Mr. <laughs> Ed was rebooted, mm-hmm. you'd learn all about how he got his powers. No, oh, he'd be in a government experiment and something yeah. went wrong. And, and you would love that. I would. Because yeah. I think your main criticism of Mr. Ed would be like, how did I watched he learn all how to talk? 358 <laughs> episodes of Mr. Yeah, Ed. And they never explained it. Yeah, and I never found out why he talked. No. Well, we know why he talked to uh, uh, to mess with Wilbur's life. Yeah. Speaking of old black and white shit that you have oh, I thought you were going to say Wilbur. I thought you were going to have some stuff to say about Wilbur oh, and yeah, how, yeah. how upset he would get about Mr. Ed. See, I get the sense that... Uh-huh. So what was... I? What was Wilbur's deal? And forgive me for not knowing this. Mm-hmm. Was it... Don't yeah. interrupt. Mm-hmm. A... Uh, that he had to hide the fact that Mr. Ed talked, or B, that nobody believed him that Mr. Ed talked. I believe he had to hide the fact. Okay. And and I think there was some convoluted thing, re- reason why he owned Mr. Ed. Like, Mr. Ed was, like, left in a will or something. Okay. Like, he wasn't a horse guy to begin with, and then the horse he got could talk. <laughs> so he was just really out of his depth. And I think for that reason... He kept it a secret. I think Mr. Ed didn't really give a shit. And no. I think that was like part of the that conflict. Was a, yeah, exactly. Okay. And just for just for clarity, <laughs> I had to say don't interrupt because <laughs> you were so animated about this that yeah, I was yeah. afraid that I, I wouldn't be able to lay out the question. It. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know what Miss I don't know what Wilbur was afraid of if people knew Mr. Ed. I don't know if he was afraid that Mr. Ed would be taken away from him. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, that's a nice, sweet reason. Did Wilbur mm-hmm. try to, like, understand, like, like did like if there was a talking horse, mm-hmm. I would have, like, <laughs> less, I would, I would uh, you know, I wouldn't focus on, like, the incidental, like, yeah. this is what we have to do today, Mr. Ed. I'd mm-hmm. want to sit him down and, like, get an oral <laughs> history of, like, what... What is your life? I I think he would kind of like talk about his life throughout the show. Okay. He would have like anecdotes about like, oh, I remember how to do this since the time I went skiing. And he'd be like, what? You went skiing, Mr. Ed? He'd be like, oh, I can't talk about it. Well, why wouldn't he talk about it? Uh, somebody was coming. <laughs> Tom, I think after 15 years, it's time to transition the show finally into a Mr. Head rewatch podcast. See, I think the great thing about shows back then, uh, which, of course, I was not alive for, but uh, Nick at Night was around, was uh, it seemed like they just kind of like skipped the first season of every show. Okay. Like every like I don't think there's I think maybe the first episode of Mr. Ed. Shows like Mr. Ed talked to Wilbur for the first time and he like does a double take. He pukes. <laughs> pukes. And then and then that's just it. You know, they just they he can talk and I, it's never really brought up again. <laughs> that he can talk? No, like how all that came about. How- oh, okay. I seem to remember. I feel like I watched the pilot not too long ago. <laughs> Okay. And I feel like it well, was... I mean, it was pilot season recently, so... <laughs> I was going after the role of uh, Mr. Ed on the reboot. Right, yeah, so you gotta watch. Um, Tim, if I got offered the job of being the voice of Mr. Ed in a reboot, 
I'd be so happy. Tom, I think <laughs> just you putting can pitch that this. out there into the world. You should be the voice of Mr. Ed. I should play Wilbur because I'm Great. frequently exasperated by. <laughs> yeah. And I like uh, uh, talking at you, telling yeah. you things. Um, no, I, I think they flipped the script a little bit. I think in the first episode, mm-hmm. Wilbur is so surprised that he talks yeah. that he's trying to show other people oh, that Mr. Okay. Ed is not playing along. Yeah. But I think it does flip to... Yeah. yeah, that he doesn't want... Because that's just like the sitcom trope is the protagonist is like constantly trying to hide something. Right. You know, the, uh, think of like Three's Company uh, with uh, like Mr. Roper. They were always trying to... What was it? They were trying to pretend Jack was gay. Yeah. So he could live with the two girls. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alf. They were always trying to hide Alf. Uh yeah, I mean that's how you get misunderstandings. Yeah, and that's that's what r- drives sitcoms. Anyway, 143 episodes. Wow. Of Mr. Ed, we can do it. And how many hours is each episode? Uh, doesn't say here. Mm. I'm guessing because I know they broke them up into half hours for their <laughs> first syndication. Um. Yeah, Tom. Mm-hmm. Speaking of old black and white stuff. Yeah. Uh, have you ever? Uh, oh, we're this week we're talking about Mickey Mouse, but not. Oh, oh, hold on, Tom. Oh, oh, okay, hold on. You're not allowed to do that. What? Huh? Huh? That's not. That's not Mickey Mouse. This is parody. It's parody. Tom, hold we're on. only allowed to talk about Steamboat Willie. Oh, I think it's actually it's a little bit more than Steamboat, but but explain why it's only Steamboat okay. Willie. Welcome to our Mickey Mouse episode. We're doing this. Tom, you know what? You know, a lot uh, for years, people have been accusing this of being a Mickey Mouse (laughs) podcast, but this week it really is. Tom, uh, in the past, Mm -hmm. uh, a peek behind the curtain here, Tom. Yeah. You suggested that we do this episode Mm -hmm. on Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Um, because of the the copyright, yeah, uh, the, the copyright expiring on Steamboat Willie. It's public domain, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the past, we've been thinking about topic ideas on more than one occasion. I was like, we should do like Mickey Mickey Mouse and like the 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 Disney crew, like Mickey right. Mouse and Mickey, his crew, Mickey, Mickey and friends. Yeah, is how they're like, referred to. I don't know what their deal is, and you were always like, why would we do an episode? I brought it up several times, and you made me feel <laughs> the fool uh-huh. for even bringing it up. I just wanted to uh, address yeah, that. Yeah, but you always brought it up. You're you're always like, yeah, what's their deal? Who's making love to who? And I just didn't like the way you approached Making that. love is a nice way to put it. Yeah. Th- you know what, though? In that way, it made it feel even creepier that you-, you uh, And also, Tom, I think it's pretty clear who's making love to who. I- you don't know what happens once they turn the lights out? Mm. Yeah. And so you thought the episode would just be speculation. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's that's something we could do. That. Uh, I think we're going to focus a little bit more on mm. uh, the legal aspects of things <laughs> right. this week. Well, Tim, I mean, we're two uh, prominent lawyers in the community. And, uh, you know, a lot of people out there, they're, they're probably hearing uh, Steamboat Willie slash Mickey Mouse is in the public domain. What does this mean? I should I should see what those lawyers that I'm always uh, the the two men who passed the bar exam that even go to law school. <laughs> um. So yeah, 
So thanks to the Copyright Term Extension Act yes. of uh, 1998. Which was also known as... The Sonny Bono Act. Also known as... The Mickey Mouse Protection Act. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, the uh, life of a copyright mm-hmm. um, would last um, for the life of the author... Yes. Um, plus. plus 70 years. Yeah. And for works of corporate authorship, mm-hmm. which is what Mickey Mouse is. Yeah, yeah, owned by the Disney Corporation. Um, 95 years from publication or 120 years after creation, whichever end is earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, 95 years after Steamboat Willie comes out, the first Mickey Mouse cartoon. Have you yeah. ever watched it, Tom? Tim, I watched it today. It stinks, right? Um, it's a weird cartoon. Yeah. It's, I mean, not much really happens. Not much really happens. It Its claim to fame, which I think a lot of people uh, forget, is that it is the first cartoon that had synchronized sound. Yeah. Before this, all cartoons, they were s- silent. I mean, maybe there would be like a musical accompaniment, but not scored to the action on screen. Right. Uh, so that was a big deal at the time. Which apparently they made it, they actually made and screened another Mickey, I think called Plain Crazy first. Yeah, no, nobody was really feeling yeah, it. Yeah, nobody really liked it and yeah. it was silent and they were, I guess, in the middle of making Steamboat Willie and supposedly it was Walt Disney who was like, this needs to have sound. We need to figure out how to do, how to synchronize sound to animation uh and put this out as the first thing yeah which was like legitimately uh oh yeah groundbreaking thing nobody had done it before and it is kind of it is interesting in watching the cartoon thinking about like oh yeah this is the first time we're hearing like cartoon sound effects for anything right yeah of the like did you read that uh, Walt Disney biography that came out a few years ago? No, I've um, never read any of them. You've never read a Walt Disney biography? No. What the hell? <laughs> I haven't done it. Um, it was actually pretty fascinating. Like he was yeah. so hands on. Like it is like knowing what mm-hmm. this became. How like this kicked off? It didn't really kick off. Um, there was that uh. <clears throat> rabbit guy what was his name? oswald the oswald rabbit the oswald rabbit. the lucky rabbit which i but, want to talk about too but like this kicked off essentially walt disney animation for yeah. all intents and purposes which has like became the has become this uh this yeah big, this huge yeah yeah but like if it didn't mm-hmm. become this thing walt disney would have been a fucking maniac yeah just where he's like oh we need this mouse to make funny noises and he was so <laughs> he was so particular about the actual soundtrack yeah, yeah. made them do it a million times like and it's just like cool but he was also like a grown man being like the mouse boinging <laughs> noise is, is is not to my liking we need to do it again you jackasses and he was also like you know ill-tempered and yeah stuff. yeah uh yeah the from what i read they were talking about the the character before Mickey Mouse, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, mm-hmm. um, Disney, like Walt had made like a animation studio and they were selling these 
to uh, or licensing them to Universal. Right. And Universal was putting these out. And basically Universal, I guess, started to realize like, why are we paying this? Why don't we just hire all the animators away from him, offer them more money, uh, but we'll cut him out completely. We own this character. We'll just do that. Uh, and it was after that that Walt Disney w- was like, oh, I got boned. I've got to come up with a new character. That's a direct quote. Yeah, I got boned. They, it was so, it was, uh, it was such a famous quote of his that they put it on his gravestone. <laughs> I got boned. Walt Disney, I got boned. Uh, so he got boned and he, he said, I need to come up with a, my own original character. And what he came up with was Mickey Mouse. Who, uh, what he came up with or what Ub Iwerks came up with? Yeah, one of his animators. Like, yeah. they they at least came up with it together. Like, he at least was saying, like, now nah, do this, do that. Yeah, what was he, though? I don't know. Damn. Uh, who read the biography, <laughs> All right, then you... Then... The story is, the yeah. official story is, hey, mm-hmm. they came up with it together. It was a real collaboration. I mean, even if it wasn't a collaboration, collaboration, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, that that guy brought his first draft and Walt Disney said, perfect. I'm not going to make you work any harder on that. Well, of Iwerks is like, is uh, is a force himself. Yeah. In just so you know, I just he's not just some guy. He's got a a interesting name. Yeah. How do you spell it? U.B. Uh huh. That's the first name. Yep. I-W-E-R-K-S. Yeah. Huh. I don't think I've ever heard either of those names before. Interesting. He looks like this guy we know, Billy. He does look like that guy we know, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when I was reading about that, about the the Universal stuff, I was reading about that uh, Walt had two like rolls of film under his arms at one point in Manhattan and just like marched his way up to like, you know, one studio and like showed them and then like marched his way to the other studio. And I was thinking like, this isn't a a grown man with like, I've got these rabbit cartoons and you need to buy them. See, um, just because I feel like, especially at the time, like kids' entertainment was not taken seriously at all. I mean, I'm this sure. wasn't necessarily for kids, though. Yeah, I guess. I guess it was just kind of like people all- were stupid back then. <laughs> people were stupid. They like just cartoons. watch all the movies and stuff from back then. It's for stupid people. <laughs> uh, they were figuring everything out, and all the music was like. Yeah, that was the best part. <laughs> like in, in general, the I music wish they bring it back. I wish the the next Avengers movie, the Avengers come out. It's like, oh, the stakes are high this time. Look at this. Um, but yeah, so, but I want. I forgot the whole reason I brought up this Oswald the Lucky Rabbit thing. Yeah. Do you know how Disney got the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit back? Uh. I should, because as as I mentioned, I read that book, but I do not remember. Well, so I guess actually the copyright, which in in a sec, let's talk about copyright versus trademark. Uh, but the copyright to the Oswald That's the Rabbit. people want to hear, right? <laughs> Exactly. That's why I teased it. Uh, the copyright to the Oswald the Rabbit 
shit uh, cartoons had expired by this point, but the trademarks had not. The trademarks still belonged to, uh, at the time, NBC Universal. I guess are they still? Yeah, they're still together. What? NBC and Universal, or are they? They still? are now, but were they at the time? No, no, not way back then. Oh, okay. I'm saying what I'm saying at the time, 2006, when Disney acquired the trademark back. Uh, the way Disney acquired the trademark of Oswald back was by uh, that was me. I'm sorry, I had my uh, my sound unbelievable. on. Unbelievable. Got a text message from my father-in-law. Uh, get away from my daughter. <laughs> you ruined just, her life. Just, just weakly threatening text. <laughs> um, no, do, Tom. It just said, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for marrying my daughter. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> he texts me he's every just week. reflecting on it. My uh, daughter seems so happy. <laughs> she really did marry the man of uh, everyone's dreams. Thanks, Tim. And hey, cowabunga yourself. <laughs> Um, so they got Disney got it back by trading for Oswald the Rabbit Al Michaels, the oh, sports really? broadcaster. Yeah, he was signed to a deal. Uh, ABC had lost the their NFL license, or it, it was up or whatever. But Al Michaels had just signed a deal to ESPN, which is part both ABC and ESPN are part of Disney, right? And I guess he like NBC wanted him back for the NFL games for like the, I don't know, Sunday night football, Monday night football or whatever, one of the big ones. And he kind of wanted to go back too. and somehow they worked that deal. All right. We'll give you Al Michaels back if you give us the trademark to Oswald the Lucky <laughs> Rabbit. Um, That's a feather in Al's cap. Can I tell you well, something else? Well, it's funny. There is a uh, like a quote from him where he was talking about it. I guess like right around then, and he was like, he was like, you know what? I think it's great. Yeah, I'm going to be the answer to a trivia question one day. <laughs> um, according to uh, Drew McGarry, writing for Defector, mm-hmm. uh, Al Michaels has never eaten a vegetable. I mean, he has to have eaten one by accident. Growing up, Al refused to eat them and was never forced to because even back then, being Al, My- Al Michaels had its privileges. Wow. Um, yeah, all he he's like one of these guys that is like a thousand years old and all he eats is steak. <laughs> all he eats is steak and cigars and whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was, yeah. Oh, I was going to also say... Valuable enough life to trade for a cartoon rabbit. <laughs> right. And for God to keep around, yeah. despite him not eating any vegetables. Um, the reason why... There are two reasons why they want to get Oswald the Rabbit back. Uh, Bob Iger had promised Walt Disney's daughter... For, oh. Walt Disney's daughter really wanted... Uh, Oswald the Rabbit back under the Disney stable, but also who cares? I don't know. Was she on the board or something? Maybe, uh. or maybe just wait. Walt Disney's daughter's got to be like uh... yeah, she was like seventy five. Mm. Okay, uh, but also a uh, somebody had pitched a, a new Mickey Mouse video game with Oswald the Rabbit. And for some reason, that was enough to get Bob Iger like, yep, we got to get him back for this game uh, called Epic Mickey. And there's a sequel. And the first one was on the Wii. I don't know about the second one, but apparently pretty good. They actually sound pretty cool. 
because it's apparently like Oswald's kind of the bad guy in mm-hmm. it, at least in the beginning. And he exists in like a parallel universe where like he was Mickey Mouse. Right. Because like, like he, he almost was. Right. Where like he was the right. one that they like made parks for and stuff. And he's like jealous of Mickey because of that. Uh, because I don't know, maybe like winds up in yeah, this that makes sense. Or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah. what could have been, Tom? Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah. But think of how much more interesting it would have been oh, if instead of Oswald Rabbit, it was Al Michaels. <laughs> that, that's true. If it was Al Michaels and Dis and and Mickey Mouse <laughs> yeah. in the game. Uh, the game's metafiction plot parallels Oswald's real-world history dealing with the character's feelings of abandonment by Disney and envy toward Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And uh, Wait, that, the, Oswald's real, uh, <laughs> real world? Yeah, uh, his real resentment? world. Yeah. Like well, the real Oswald? Yeah. I want to watch some of this Oswald because apparently he's like kind of a dick. Uh, Disney historian David Gerstein describes the difference between Mickey and Oswald. Imagine Mickey if he were a little more egotistical and fallible, or imagine Bugs Bunny if he talked the talk but wasn't as good as walking the walk. So like uh, a Bugs Bunny that like would fuck things up? A Bugs Bunny would be like, eh, you know, like pulling pranks or whatever on Elmer Fudd, but then like Elmer Fudd does shoot him. He's like, ah, shit, I sh- why'd I provoke Elmer Fudd? Yeah. That, that kind of situation. <clears throat> Why did I provoke Elmer Fudd? Uh, Never a question you want to be asking yourself. No. Um, I Look, this is a question for maybe after the break. Uh-huh. But what is Mickey Mouse's deal? What is his personality? Just a guy? Well, the funny thing, he's like kind of a an underdog, you know? No, he's not. Yeah, he is. I mean, not, I mean he's been in too many cartoons now. See, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. You can't reasonably, and this is a movie star thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can't suspend my disbelief. I know that Mickey Mouse is the symbol mm-hmm. of the world's most powerful entertainment conglomerate right. that has ever existed. And, like, he is their crown jewel. Yeah, he's so to the be face like, of the company. This guy's an underdog in some freaking three-minute short that plays before, uh, you know, the the, the Moana sequel. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying. He's not that. He's not that good of an actor. I know you're the guy. You're the face of the the multi-billion. Yeah, dollar but I think in his world, he's not though. In his world, he's just like a regular guy. He's just a regular Mickey Mouse. Nah, it's the same. Can Tom Cruise play an underdog, Tom? Um. I would argue he kind of is an underdog in the Mission Impossible movies. What are you kidding me? He's always the guy that like everybody's like this guy will be no problem to. No, to they're take not. Care of. Yeah, they are. Look at Henry Cavill when he was like loading his fists. Yeah, but he was he got defeated <laughs> immediately. Uh, they're always proven wrong, and it's the same thing with Mickey Mouse. Yeah, but just because there's a bunch of dumb guys. Yeah, coming but at like you. Tom Cruise is always up against like an entire government, and and like his government's told him you're not on the case. We're not. We're gonna disavow. Have you seen any of the Mission Impossible? Yeah, I've movies? seen not the most recent one. Yeah, me but neither. I, it's yeah. still not on. Like uh, you still gotta like rent it. Oh, it's not on like Paramount Plus no. or whatever yet. Stinks, right? Yeah. Well, 
Ah, I, I, it sounds like it's not all that great. Like not as good as the the, the other. Did past you see couple. he uh, jumps over a thing on a on a dirt bike or something? Yeah, he jumps off the cliff. Yeah, yeah. Did you have you have you been uh, have you heard about that at any time since yeah, yeah, 2018? About, yeah, <laughs> they yeah, started been, posting been videos of it. Um, they were like, "Hey, why did this movie flop?" It was like, "Oh, did it flop? Maybe because you showed the the main the part of the scene. movie uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram for the last five years." Yeah. Well, and you also like you showed the best part without any special effects in it. Yeah. So then when I see in the commercial that like you made all the scaffolding into a mountain, I'm like, oh, it's a special effect. They made the scaffolding into a mountain? Yeah, yeah. That scaffolding's not there in the movie. Oh. I guess it, why would there be a ramp? Yeah, right. But still, it's like, I don't know, then make the scaffolding look like a mountain. Don't yeah. Just, if you're going to just do that with computers, then people are just going to uh, either assume you did the whole thing with computers or go, well, then just do the whole thing with computers. Tom Cruise needs to come to us. I've been saying that for years, Tim. Talk some sense into this guy. Yeah, maybe be a little luckier in love. Well, it... it you know, if they're like, oh, we're not going to use CG, and it's like, but we're just going to use CG for like a little bit. Yeah. It's like, mm, come on. I mean, that's that's the that's the big uh, secret nowadays in Hollywood. Like all these people the like- Dirty little secret. Yeah, like, like Christopher Nolan, you know, like looking down his nose at uh, like, oh, in Oppenheimer, we did- things practically and it's like yeah and then when it wasn't exactly perfect you touched everything up in digital yeah. uh or like yeah you really made that explosion but then there were buildings over there so you put green screens up and you just paint that out afterwards like i don't know christopher nolan you stink right yeah stop making saying? movies enough is enough obviously you don't know what you're doing yeah hey all of hollywood Stop making movies. Leave it to the pros. Us. This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Every 80s and 90s kid remembers this iconic ad. Timmy, remember that ad? Yeah, I did. It depicted a very nerdy looking dad holding an egg beside a frying pan breaking the egg, plopping the egg in a piping hot oil, and then holding the fried egg in front of the camera with a very serious look on his face. Any questions? Yes, many. Schedule 35 is removing the stigma around drugs, particularly magic mushrooms, with precisely measured microdoses of psilocybin that you can enjoy daily, experiencing all the benefits without frying your brain. An emerging movement around psilocybin has proven to help with mental health, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Studies have shown that psilocybin works by creating new neural networks in your brain, which help boost focus, creativity, mood enhancement, and help fight addiction. Schedule 35 ships all across Canada and the U.S. and is the most notable brand currently in the space. All products come with guides that make microdosing easy to understand. All customers will need to be age verified. Once age verified, they receive an invite code for all our products. And to get an invite code, visit www.schedule35.co. Our goal is to destigmatize and re-educate on the science and real world benefits of psilocybin, as well as making it accessible for everyone. Get 15% off with code guide at schedule35.co. 
That's 15% off at Schedule35.co and use code GUIDE. All right, Tim. I think uh, we should probably we should we should talk about the legal aspect here. That's what people come to. That's what people are, and that's two of the <laughs> foremost legal minds. Yeah. So here's the deal with copyright and trademark and why they're different. I believe, and you know, and just just to, give a discla- just to give a disclaimer, I am a lawyer. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, Thank you for clarifying. Uh, but but Tim's uh, 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 on the Supreme Court, so he makes it for both of us. Hey, He's uh, the one making all those decisions everybody's been so happy about. <laughs> um, I'm doing my best over here. I don't understand any of the words that they're <laughs> they're making me say. So the a copyright is like on. Uh, an, did I tell you what? I had a dream? <laughs> <laughs> that you and I were on the Supreme Court. No, you didn't tell me that. I didn't remember that. Somehow we 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 wound up on the Supreme Court. <laughs> Wait, we mean somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. Like, but it wasn't like in the dream the explanation, and then you forgot. No, it was like, well, maybe I don't okay. know. Like, it was also like I was like some I wacky don't know if we parliamentary. Be doing this. I have dreams like that a lot, where I am suddenly like in a job or situation that I've like, no, like I'm waiting backstage to go on in like a play. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what play this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, I was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna. And then I came up with the gambit of like, look, Tom. And like, I explained it to you. I was like, we're just gonna write in plain English, like, because uh-huh. I think we were. It was daunting to us. So <laughs> right, we're like, of course. How do we write in this legalese? That, that was the only thing. <laughs> yeah, because like I don't know. I'm outraged about all these decisions on the yeah. court. So it's like, okay, like deep down, I'm just like, I know this stuff, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Like I can, I have opinions. I know how things should be. I'm so angry about it. I, yeah. I guess I must be right. Um. Tim, how often like, do you have dreams that are some kind of King Ralph or like Dave situation? Where I'm just like uh, somehow an important person in the world. Yeah, and and you're the guy who like just talks plain English that everybody yeah, like a Bullworth situation. Yeah, but get this, Tom. We mm-hmm. we we were both like, all right, cool. This is gonna be cool. We'll write our yeah. decisions in plain English. This is why uh, we'll be the the two most popular Supreme Court justices. Yeah, and then everybody's like, "You idiot! You can't do this." So we <laughs> yeah. got kicked off the Supreme Court. Wow, yeah, it's a whole scandal. It's supposed to be a lifetime appointment. Yeah, I know. Huh? Yeah. Well, something to keep in mind if it ever happens in real life. <laughs> learn learn up about how to write things that sound all legal. So in a way, I am a lawyer. Okay. I was kicked off the Supreme Court in a dream. <laughs> right. Um, so copyright's like on an individual work and your ability to make derivatives from that work, to make copies of that work. And when I'm talking about work, I mean like an a, 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 a Like a mouse. Like, no, I'm not talking or about a, a rabbit. Mouse. I'm talking about a movie or a song or a book, something like that. Not just an idea. Okay. Now, a trademark is something like a business is using as their brand or in some way just like very closely aligned to the company itself that if another company used that trademark, it would cause confusion in the marketplace. And so if if you were... Um, 
I don't know, like a gas station. And you're like, my gas station is going to be called BP also. Right. BP. And BP has been around for over 95 years. So I'm on right. solid ground here. Right. But, but you wouldn't because BP would come along and say, no, 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 you're tr- you're tricking people into yeah. thinking you're us and that you can't do. And now this applies to Mickey Mouse in that uh, Disney still has the trademark to Mickey Mouse, which trademarks are in perpetuity. As long as you're using the trademark, you don't lose it. Now, if they stop using it, if they just let Mickey Mouse go dormant for a long time, then they could lose that. And that's why you'll see. That's why they wouldn't have a, a, a mascot that's a bear because the bear hibernates for months at a time. I think it has to happen for longer than months at a time. Okay. Uh, um, but that's why. Well, like, then it wouldn't be like, uh, what are cicadas? Right, right. They go away for years at a yeah. time. Well, and actually, it's, I think it's not even necessarily so not, not, cicada. not using it in a long time. It's that in combination with like not fighting people yeah. who are using it, which is why like you'll see the they're they're like kind of cheap stories. I feel like you'll see stories all the time. This happened famously with Disney of like they they told a daycare that they couldn't have Mickey Mouse and and Donald Duck painted uh, in murals on the walls because that violated their trademark. And in a lot of cases, the company's not trying to like screw over some small business or whatever. It's that if they don't defend their trademark, then Universal Studios could say, oh, well, it seems like they don't care. So we made a Mickey Mouse movie. And now we can point to this that we know Disney knew about and they didn't make a big deal about it. So it's reasonable to think it was fine. The other story is that... uh... Somebody was trying to carve Winnie the Pooh into a child's gravestone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Disney was like, you can't do that. Yeah, and I mean... And I- also, like, no kids actually like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Disney was more like, come on, you're lying. The parents might like it because they're weird, but this yeah. kid... Yeah. I mean, I think... um like, I don't know why, I, I don't know if they could technically, you know, work a way around that by, by just like licensing that, you know, by saying to like that kid's parents, okay, you can get a license. But I also, I also don't, I completely get Disney being like, you know, we'd rather not be in the licensing characters for children's gravestone business. Right. Like, so we'd rather just it's be, a lucrative business town. be fair. Well, that's why they're the- fools. Iger, you fool. Yeah. Well, and that's why that was the Eisner days. I think. Yeah, the Eisner days. Imagine if there was just like a whole line of cartoons where it was like, they're like they're the only ones that license themselves for children's gravestones. So it's all just right, it's like right. we're moving on. Sad. Just like that's all these characters are known for. I get it. I get why they just, they're like, we're going to be fair to everyone. Nobody can do this. We have to fight this. I mean, I also get that they're like, it's depressing. We don't want that. But can I ask you a question, Tom? Mm-hmm. As a lawyer? Yeah. As From one lawyer to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the Steamboat Willie. Yes. Copyright mm-hmm. expired. Yes. I know it's a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning of all these uh, Disney movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they start playing a little thing at Steamboat Willie as part of the the stinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that for them to be like? Eh, that's like uh, it's our thing. Uh, you well, actually can't they, use it. They started making a bunch of Steamboat Willie merch that like they hadn't done in a long time. Like they started making like black and white Mickey Mouse dolls. And I believe that that probably is part of like, well, now if somebody makes a black and white Mickey Mouse doll, we can point to, look, we just did that. Right. Whereas before, maybe if they hadn't done that, somebody might have been able to argue, well, I nobody would confuse this black and white Mickey plush animal my company makes for a Disney product because Disney's never made a black and white version of Mickey Mouse. Uh, right, right, right. So like, I could see that being just kind of covering their bases a little bit. Um, you know what stinks about all this stuff coming mm-hmm. into the public uh, domain? What's that? The uh, the imagination yeah. of the people who mm-hmm. now are like, oh, these characters, these beloved characters are now in the yeah. public domain or like these works. And it's always like, we're going to make a slasher movie with these kids stuff. Yeah. And yeah. like, I think there's already one in the works for, yeah. yeah. And like they did it with that Winnie the Pooh when that came. And yeah. nobody likes that stuff. Nobody no, watches and that, that stuff. That Winnie the Pooh movie had like a 1.7 rating. Like it was apparently just. Yeah, also nobody likes Winnie the Pooh. We all Yeah, but this. but it was like apparently just like a literally unwatchable, like yeah. just extremely poorly made thing yeah so it's either like on the the like quote-unquote official side it's like yeah we're gonna make this uh you know bloody and yeah, violent yeah. and then on the like internet joking side it's like we're gonna show their dicks <laughs> yeah and then and then everybody's like how come disney's so uptight about their characters they don't want anybody else using them when that's everybody's first instinct let's have them kill and fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh yeah i can't wait for <laughs> Donald Duck to enter the fray. Yeah. Um, I think it is interesting because, yeah, you're right. Uh, the uh, same thing happened with Winnie the Pooh, I think, two years ago now, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, whatever. Uh, that that seems to be people. I mean, I guess it's just like the cheap thing to do. But the the other thing I was going to say as a lawyer is that the thing I think everybody needs to remember is that like none of this is super cut and dry and clean. And it's basically a like, how much do you want to poke the bear? The bear being the Disney mouse. or the mouse. Cause the bear hibernates Tom. Remember the bear. Hibernates. That's, that's a I forgot trademark. about that. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of the law is going to, and What's interesting about Mickey Mouse going into the public domain this year is that people have thought for years like, oh, surely Disney's got some something up their sleeve in the 11th hour that they're going to get this copyright extended. Right. Um, As they have. Uh, they had Sonny Bono's uh, widow in their pocket. Yeah. Um, Sonny Bono was unavailable to be senator at the time because yeah. he had smashed into on a, a tree. On and account died. of being dead, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's kind of everything's a little because I saw also people pointing out that like 
like one of the big things is with any character that goes into the public domain that they say, okay, you're only, you can only use the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse, as you were talking about before. So you can't use the modern version of Mickey Mouse who has like, uh, like pink skin, I guess, and like black hair around it and like whites in his eyes. The red overalls. The red overalls. I think even the, are the, the gloves The white there? gloves, the white maybe, or, or, or maybe that particular version of the gloves. Yeah. Um, and I know this happened somewhat recently because like the rights around Sherlock Holmes, I think now everything Sherlock Holmes is public domain. Right. Like as of maybe this year or last. But for a little while, like the early stories were, but not the later. And his uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's estate sued Netflix for that. Um, I forget what it was called, but it was like uh, um, the girl from Stranger Enola Things. Yeah, Holmes. Nola Holmes. Like, yeah. oh, it was Sherlock's little sister. Because the version of Sherlock in the movie played by Henry Cavill is like not a dick basically and they were like no all the early stories sherlock holmes is a dick it's not till later that he has any kind of humanity about him so they're violating the copyright of those later stories the estates of anybody (laughs) stink i mean that's that's what marvin gay estate like ruined pop music yeah I mean, they're they're just trying to get theirs. They don't care about how that affects. My grandfather did a thing. Yeah, or my great grandfather. Get a job, assholes. <laughs> um. So sim. So same thing with Mickey Mouse. That um. You know, uh, Mickey Mouse saying, "Oh boy, that didn't happen in Steamboat Willie." So you can't have your version of Mickey Mouse saying, "Oh boy," well, in a then, thing. Tom, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, what's even worth it? But I also think. These like these Mickey Mouse uh, slasher movies that are coming out. I think that they are could they argue- going to be like, oh no, Steamboat Willie's coming because like he's not Mickey Mouse. Is it, I, no, I think is it he Mickey is Mouse build. in Steamboat Willie? Yeah. it is. It is. It is. I'm Which also idiot. people keep forgetting too. Minnie's in that. Minnie is also public domain. Oh, Tom, I know what you want to see. <laughs> it's already out there. <laughs> um. Tom's been uh, on the AI doing <laughs> mini mouse upskirts. Um, <laughs> you, you really threw my entire train of thought. I thought you were just going to be like, ooh. I was, but then I was like, why did he have such a specific mini mouse upskirt? <laughs> Turning it around on me for your perversion? Well, I was like, what is that? I'm like, so in these upskirts, are they like animated upskirts or are they like oh no i had a camera and i walked by a cartoon character <laughs> you tell me you sicko uh but i was gonna say these slasher movies i think there's a strong case to be made that they could have made those slasher movies before under parody laws right and under fair use and all that i get why you don't want to and that maybe you feel more emboldened now because the character's and you public get a domain. Pop because it's like, hey, oh, absolutely! Like a bunch of projects got announced 
just based on, you know, I, I can't tell you how many headlines I saw this week, especially researching this of like, well, he's only been in the public domain for an hour and there's already, it's like, yeah, he's been in the public domain for an hour and we've known for 20 years, the moment that was going to happen. Right. Like people have had time to prepare and it's not illegal to start working on something before it's in the public domain. Also, interestingly, which I've, I haven't seen as much about uh, Peter Pan entered the public domain. Uh, Peter Pan. Guys, we got to stop with Peter Pan. It's well, a weird story with uh, with uh, problematic stuff all over. Well, it. and so now the it's interesting because the book is public domain, but the book version of Peter Pan is a lot different than the Disney cartoon version of Peter Pan. Um, and one of those things is like, he's like an even bigger dick in the book. Uh, but that's like another thing where, okay, you're free to make your adaptation of Peter Pan, but you're gonna have to be like super careful about violating, like, does it mention that what his costume looks like in the book and does it match, uh, the, the Disney version? Cause if it doesn't, Guess what? Like you just can't, make new stuff. Who cares? You can't. No, I mean, I think things going into the public domain is a great thing and a necessary thing. And yeah, like, of course. And it gives people the ability to like, without any restriction, take something and adapt it and make it into you know new art. Yeah, I agree. I just think uh, nobody has any imagination. Well, you should see this slasher movie I'm planning to make with uh, Mickey Mouse. Hey, you got to stop texting me these uh, these Minnie Mouse pics that you're <laughs> well, Tim, generating on the, AI. There, there's a reason why it's going to be Ray at R. Tom, I can mean, I that's, ask you a question? That's the other annoying thing I've seen a bunch of like a- AI generated stuff in Mickey. And it's like, AI already would do that. <laughs> like that has nothing. And then conversely, I've seen people be like, I told Chat GPT to make this and it refused. And it's like. Yeah, one of their priorities isn't like uh, make sure we can start <laughs> violating. When the clock strikes midnight. Yeah, at, when the strikes when the clock strikes midnight, let's make sure we start pissing off one of the biggest entertainment mm. companies in the world. Well, Tom, uh, Chat GPT apologist. Uh, I'm just saying, don't get mad at it because who knows what you know it's going to wind up doing. Tom, I don't know how to. Uh, pronounce this guy's name chris diamantopoulos yeah yeah he's handsome right he he was in um uh silicon valley yeah yeah and he's the current voice of mickey he's or maybe a, not current no but, he's current oh, okay i know yeah, he has since been for i think years. 2013 or so yeah he does a great job he does mm-hmm. which like what he's handsome he doesn't, yeah he doesn't look or sound like he'd be able to do mickey mouse Tom, okay, so he was uh, he was on The Office, right? Mm-hmm. He was going to steal Pam away from Jim. You remember that plot He line? was the, uh, the, the, boom the boom operator, yeah. Yeah. And but, then he was the three commas guy in uh, in Silicon Valley, the, the venture capitalist. Yeah. But, like, he's, he's handsome, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. You, know, you know what else? <laughs> why do you keep focusing on how handsome he is? <laughs> Tom, I'll tell you why. He voices Mickey Mouse, famously uh-huh. unhandsome. And also... <laughs> I don't think Mickey Mouse is handsome enough. What? You're a real sicko. 
And then in the uh, the 2012 Three Stooges movie, he played Mo. Oh yeah, yeah. It, you can't tell me that's a handsome guy. <laughs> guy who plays Mo, Mo Howard. Yeah, because uh, did we watch that for something? No, I've never seen or, it. Or maybe I just watched clips for something. And he was good in that too. Yeah, yeah. he's a talented guy. That was cool how they just were like, we're not going to make like a biopic or we're just going to make <laughs> a new Three, three Stooges. Three Stooges shorts, yeah. right? No, they made a feature length movie. Yeah, no, but it was like it yeah, was yeah, made up of same. three shorts, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it was. People clowned on it, but it, it was actually pretty good from the parts I saw. Yeah, um, but yeah, there, there's been. That's, Whoa, you know who played uh, Young Mo? Who the boy? <laughs> Timothy Chalamet? No, the famous boy, the other famous boy. Skyler Gisando. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Played Young Mo? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. We should watch this movie. He's uh, the new Jimmy Olsen. Wow. Wow. Mo Howard and Jimmy (laughs) Olsen. (laughs) Um, No, but I was going to say, one of the things about Mickey that I feel like growing up, at least for us, you always heard like, like, why does everybody even care? Like, they don't even use Mickey Mouse. But there has been a Mickey Mouse cartoon now for a long, like, I don't know. Yeah, I tried to watch it. Uh, I tried to get my son into yeah, And, like, neither of us really liked it. Yeah. But it's been going for yeah. for a long time now. I, when I was in Disney Paris, uh, like, when we went to eat lunch in a place they had like, and I was like, what the hell are these? And new, new Mickey Mouse cartoons. Mickey Mouse Mickey at Ma- Disney now, where World? Have I heard this guy's name before. Um, so yeah, Mickey's out there. He's being used, you know, he's, he's doing the best he can. <laughs> which is, which is not much. Um, Mickey Mouse, his personality stinks. I know he's an underdog, mm-hmm. but he's not like, uh, the only good thing Mickey Mouse has ever been in mm-hmm. was the only watchable part of Fantasia, which is the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. Right? The rest of it is just like... Uh, not if you're high. Not if you're on drugs. Mm. Sor- uh, fan- Disney's Fantasia, apparently the first movie in stereo, from what I was reading. Wow. Yeah. Which makes sense. I like, like a lot of uh, music stuff. It's it's uh, interesting when you're like, oh, Walt Disney made the first cartoon with sound mm-hmm. and the first cartoon with stereo sound. And then it's like, uh, I Love Lucy was like revolutionary in the way that they like uh, actually like filmed things like technically. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, and that's what oh, even things like uh, the... all these landmark things were actually doing innovative. Yeah. Uh, uh, creating innovative processes. Uh, plain crazy. Uh, the 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 technically first Disney movie, but the second one that or the Mickey movie, the second one that came out was the first animated film to use a camera move. Right. Uh. So yeah, I mean, and that's why I was reading that they were saying like Disney's thing has always been technology. Like they've always been like pushing at the forefront of of things like this. Uh, which like, I don't know, I guess like as a kid, you see that, well, like when you go to Disney world or whatever you, and like Pixar and stuff, you see like, oh yeah, look at all like technology, but you think like, ah, that's new. They didn't used to be like that. But so I thought it was kind of interesting to say, like, yeah. oh no, that they've always been like a very, uh, technology pushing company. Something that, uh, 
surprised me about Mickey Mouse. I have this old book that mm-hmm. I got somewhere. I don't know. Like when you have a, a child, just people give you a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. This is an old book. It's like one of those golden books. You know the golden yeah, books? Yeah, yeah, the little golden yeah. books. Yeah, and it was like, uh, Mickey and Pluto go to space. Go to hell. <laughs> well, it like, honestly, like... Uh, it would have been better off. <laughs> it's about it's about like them like building a rocket and going, mm-hmm. but like uh, Peg Leg Pete comes, yeah, yeah, and he steals the rocket. Mm-hmm. But like Mickey and <laughs> Donald Duck have like guns. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> like, was this an authorized book? Yeah, it was, but it was like written in like you know 1962 mm-hmm. or whatever. Like uh, uh, when they're on the rocket ship and Peg Leg Pete is there, like. Mickey hits him in the head with a baseball bat nice. and knocks him out. He wakes up; they're holding guns on him, so he doesn't <laughs> oh, wow. go anywhere. It's like, oh, Mickey Mouse, like uh, maybe a bit of an underdog. Yeah, I mean, sometimes Mickey's got you know a, bit of a scrappy. Uh, yeah, when the situation calls for it, he's got to do what what's asked of him. Um, in December of 2019, both Mickey and Minnie served as special co-hosts of Wheel of Fortune for two weeks, while Vanna White served as the main host during Pat Sajak's absence. I feel like that... Pat mu- Sajak was on uh, trial for uh, his whereabouts <laughs> on January on 6th. Trial. I think he was sick. I think he was like getting an operation or something, or COVID, maybe. Facelift. He looks good. Great. I mean, if, when he gets facelifts, they do that during the off season. They he doesn't have an emergency There's facelift. No off season for Wheel of Fortune. It's, it's not every day, Tom. Yeah, and they film all of it in the course of two weeks. But I feel like that must that, that must have been such a fucking kick in the teeth for Vanna White. Like Vanna, uh, guess what? Pat Sajax, he's sick, and we've never asked you before, but. We're going to ask you, can you step up and be the host? And she's like, oh, my God, what a huge honor. That'd be great. But who are you going to do my job? We'll get fucking Mickey Mouse to do your job. (laughs) Yeah, and if he's busy, we'll get Minnie Mouse. I don't know. Any idiot in a costume. (laughs) Now, were they people in costumes? Yeah, yeah. Or was it like CGI that they put across the screen? Because like all it does is light up the... Yeah, letters. no, I think it was people. Um, I it was probably and they had the whammy technology since the eighties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they could just have them That's walk true. across the stage. Um, I you know I don't know for sure, but I kind of assumed it was like a Disney Week, yeah, uh, episode to begin with. I think they should film more TV shows at Disney World. I don't understand why <laughs> it's like only special uh, special weeks. You got you got audiences because coming it's through. like a big pain in the ass to like shoot a TV show at Disney World. Why? Why? Because you've got like a bunch of looky loos. It's just a much an audience. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about when I went to Universal Studios. Oh, like have sound stages there in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Ninety-two, I think. Uh-huh. We walked into Universal Studios and they were like. Hey, they came up to my family and they're like, hey, would you guys like to see a taping of Clarissa Explains It All over at Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. Studios? And my parents rightfully were like, we just paid like hundreds of dollars (laughs) to all come in here. We're not going to like spend the next four hours watching a sitcom taping. Yeah. But- how cool would it have been like uh, to see a live episode of uh, Clarissa Explains It All? What I'm saying is they pretend like there's like- 
real studios and like movie stuff going, uh-huh. like Disney's MGM yeah, yeah, Studios yeah. or Hollywood Studios and Universal mm-hmm. Studios. They don't actually film anything there. No. They should film things there. Yeah, I I imagine fun. it was probably bad for like visitor satisfaction, probably because so many people who were not like your parents thought like, oh, this will be cool, and then yeah, didn't realize the time commitment. And we're well, you don't have to do it to somebody who just spent you know hundreds of dollars who on are you tickets. Do it to you do it, you know, oh, in the st- riffraff. The people outside? No, you do it like, hey, look, you don't have to, like, this is not counting. You're not paying to see this. This doesn't, I don't even, How? why Tom, do you care? Because I can't, I don't know, I have a lot of. <laughs> why do you wish they film more things in a, in a studio at Disney World? I, it was cool when I went to Nickelodeon Studios and we took the tour and I got to see the set of Roundhouse. <laughs> All right. Um, Tim, Disney officials have stated that 98% of children aged 3 to 11 around the world are at least aware of Mickey Mouse. Disney expected the Mickey Mouse and Friends brand to make $9 billion in retail sales in 2011. Wait, in one year? In one year. I mean, not not uh, profit, just revenue. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, dollars in sales. I'm sure that includes licensing and everything. But I mean that. I mean, you have a young kid. Like, there's so like my niece has. Uh, he doesn't have any Mickey Mouse stuff. He has really? that book that we inherited. My niece <laughs> Mickey Mouse holding a gun. <laughs> my niece has been into Minnie Mouse since she could like be into anything, and uh. I don't even understand how. Like there isn't a mini, she doesn't watch a Minnie Mouse cartoon or anything. Yeah. But I think it's just because there's so much of it. One of my son's classmates is a yeah. girl who's obsessed with Minnie Mouse. Yeah. She's got a, she's got this really cool uh, Minnie Mouse jean jacket. Oh. But it's like, also like, are, do you just know Minnie Mouse from this jean jacket? I think so. And I yeah. mean, I think that's what like. I, it's such a weird brand in that way that there are just so many people because, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate, but you're right. Mickey Mouse doesn't have a personality. Hmm. He's he's a little bit of an underdog. Yeah. But he's not like a... Bu- he's like, just a guy that goes like, hello! Yeah. Yeah, he's just a friendly yeah. underdog. Um, but so many people are into him and buy just so much shit with his uh, dopey face on it. And again, that's one of the big things. Like, you are not going to be able to make merchandise now that now that Mickey's in the public domain because of that trademark issue. Right. Um, where even if I think like even if you're making a Mickey Mouse slasher movie, if you then tried to make, I don't know, action figures based on that movie, I think you'd run into problems over trademark. Uh, with, well, we should try it with, with that kind of we stuff. We should make action figures based on the movie and uh, bait both Disney and the producers of the movie. Mm-hmm. To come after us, and then we'll get the real headlines, Tom. <laughs> and then we'll just let them fight it out in court. <laughs> exactly. We'll we'll get into one of those uh, cartoon things where the big dust cloud comes, yeah, and, and everybody's fighting. Then we just step out. We go home. <laughs> we come record our podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mickey would love that. Mickey has met every U.S. president since Harry Truman, with the exception. Of Lyndon B. Johnson. Now, what the hell does that mean? I Mickey think... is a, a cartoon character. <laughs> Where did you get that factoid? I got it from Wikipedia. 
But I could also see Lyndon B. Johnson be like, I'm not meeting a fucking mouse. Yeah, but how do you do it? How did, how did fucking Eisenhower be like, yes, I'll meet this mouse? I don't know. Uh, the only did, There was a quote from when Obama met him, uh, Obama making a joke that he had bigger ears than than, uh, than he did. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know how. I think a lot of these meetings happen behind closed doors, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I know that uh, I know that uh, JFK uh, met with Minnie Mouse behind closed doors. Tim, that's a rumor. If you like the show, you can find out more at tcgt.com. You can find all our social media links there. You can uh, follow me on social media at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. And check Tell out our Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guide. Uh, this week we're doing a 2023 year in review for Books the Podcast, our podcast about books. The Booksmen Reflect. <laughs> the Booksmen Tell All. Uh, books the Podcast available exclusively at patreon.com slash complete guide. Um, complete guy. No, complete guide. You know, the other thing is... Um, uh oh yeah I want, let me just mention this number but i don't want to talk about it <laughs> in total approximately 40 percent this is in 1990s oh no it's not approximately 40 percent of disney's revenues for consumer products are derived from mickey mouse merchandise with revenues peaking in 1997 so i don't know what year that percentages but that's a lot of money from mickey mouse say it again 40 percent of disney's revenue for consumer products derived from mickey mouse merchandise and that peaked in 1997 okay i could see that you know like because like now it's like uh it's all elsa and anna well and marvel and star wars have to also like be up there i haven't i'm not familiar with <laughs> Like not With not necessarily. I wouldn't be surprised if Mickey's bigger than both of those, but I would be surprised if Mickey's stilting up forty percent when you've got these other big properties. Yeah, Elsa and Anna. Elsa and Anna, as you've said. Um, the other thing I want to say is Moana. Uh, <laughs> also, like early copyrights, so weird because there were people for years saying that. Uh, the that there shouldn't be copyright, or like that the founding fathers actually didn't believe in copyright. Well, that, but also that like these movies did not clearly identify the copyright owner, and also misidentified the copyright year. Like nowadays, copyright laws way too protective, but much more protective in that. Things just kind they give of give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like, things, ah, he meant to write copyright, but he wrote exactly, copyright. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like just putting something out, being able to prove something was out there. It's you have a de facto copyright uh, as long as you can like. If it comes up that you can go back and prove, yeah, no, look, I created this. Here's when it was first published. Blah blah blah. Whereas like back in the day, it was like there there weren't real firm rules, it seemed. And then new laws passed that said like anybody that didn't do it the way we kind of said you needed to, it doesn't apply. That's how things like, because I was always confused for years that things like uh, Night of the Living Dead were public domain, even though that was made, what, in the 60s, 70s? Yeah, 60s, I think. Um. And apparent it's public domain because they like fucked up the copyright notice. Yeah. 
See, uh, the way to copyright um, ska and punk lyrics, <laughs> uh-huh. just send it to yourself in an envelope, through the mail. Send the lyrics in an envelope, in a sealed envelope, uh-huh. and then don't open it. That That's how your uh, old ska band copyrighted lyrics way back in yeah. the day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a known thing in the Long Island ska punk scene, Tom. <laughs> I mean, I think that is still like, I mean, I think nowadays it's I like. I think they don't even require that. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, I think nowadays they're like. But now it's like, we, we have a website. submit it to, you, to, to Spotify? Right. Like you, yeah. And also, it's you know there there's a website if you just want to do yeah, yeah. don't don't send a, co- a, a a letter to yourself that's postmarked that you can prove by opening in court. I guess that, that would be fun and dramatic though. It I think would be we were fun hoping and dramatic. Somebody would uh, sue you. <laughs> would 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 uh, contest the ownership of the lyrics to Mister X by Channel Fifty Nine and claim that they in fact had written them. Yeah, and then we'd get to go to court, and Dan would go up there and be like. Like, he'd have like a letter opener uh-huh. too, and be like, "You all see, and this is sealed, right?" Like, yeah. the, the they probably have somebody. Have the, be... the judge would inspect it with a with an eye glass. Yeah, it, uh, it appears to be sealed to my. It's a southern court. Of yeah, course, of course, where this is happening. Yeah, I think actually the the judge would get to open it, right? Yeah, maybe just to prove there's no sleight of hand going on. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, in summation. Uh, do whatever you want with Mickey Mouse now. Make him fuck. Make him suck. Who cares? <laughs> Dude, that's all you can think of. Make him kill. All right. We'll see you next week. What's Mr. Beast all about? That was a HeadGum Podcast.